Hi everyone. I'm Kayla and I am the part-time outreach worker and a secondary teacher. And I'm Mackenzie. I'm the full-time outreach worker and a social worker. Come on this journey as we inqueer all things to us LGBTQ+. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to what Kayla said, episode two. Um, I was told by Kayla that we sound the same. Yes. One of our listeners um, has told us that our voices are quite similar and it's hard to understand um, who to. So this voice is Kayla. (laughs) And this voice is Mackenzie. It's funny because I've always been told that I have a really unique voice. That's like what I've heard my entire life is that it sounds really like low and raspy. Um, Also because my nose is stuffed right now, so it sounds (laughs) even worse. Um, No, I am not sick with the vid. Um, I just got a stuffy nose because I'm allergic to the summer as a whole. So that's why I sound a little funky. That's okay. You know what? As long as Mackenzie and I sound a little bit different, but the same, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, I want to touch on that from our first episode, we got a lot of great feedback from people. We, I mean, granted, I sent it to all of my family members and was like, hey, if you want to know how you can support me, just, I'm not sure. I'm like, is it, do you fault like follow and listen like I wasn't really sure what to say but I was just like check it out and let me know that's what I said I said hey I made a podcast can you just look at it look at it and they're like okay sure I'll look at it and I'm like no 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 Ashley could you listen to it (laughs) yeah don't just look at it please listen to the content and let me know what you think uh my mom hi mom I know she's now a listener so hi mom uh she told me that she was listening to it on her drive to Yarmouth if anyone knows where that is in Nova Scotia she was going to a Yarmouth Yarmouth. She's going to Yarmouth <laughs> this weekend to go to a girls weekend. And she was like, yeah, Ken's I'll, I'll check it out and, um, give you some feedback. And so she let me know and she was like, it was so cute, blah, 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 all that really great stuff. So, uh, thanks for everybody who is listening so far and checking us out. That's and supporting us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the feedback is much appreciated because it helps us with the direction in which we want to go with this podcast because the first episode was just like a get to know us and i hope you got to know us like a, a little bit more than what you do you'll get to know us more <laughs> yeah, throughout like, this time yes this podcast is not for our family and friends in the sense that they already know who we are um they're like cool we know all of this about you already so um that was more so for our first time listeners and anyone who doesn't know kayla and i personally we want you guys to get to know us a little bit more so hope you enjoyed it this episode we're going to be talking about sex education in schools yes sex ed um and also probably a little bit about burnout as well because kayla and i um have both equally been feeling um a lot of burnout and a lot of compassion fatigue so let's jump in let's jump in kayla how have you been feeling lately (laughs) 
My world has been um, turned upside down a little bit. Okay. So I feel a little um, dysregulated. Like I'm kind of floating in the air. Um, like there's just, there's no consistency. Right. My house right now is being renovated. So even my own like room is not not there um my safe space isn't really there um i don't really i feel very um like not grounded yeah no that makes so much sense i i said sense sense that makes so much <laughs> sense um i can't imagine not having a space of your own to go to when you're feeling dysregulated or just feeling like you need personal space your room is supposed to be your safe haven i would say a place where you could just kind of escape but just be you and you don't have to interact with anyone or the environment looks the same right but right now yeah like the like i'm in a rental house right now and it's different and the area is different and the neighborhood is different yeah um and i miss my room yeah sometimes it's as, as simple as that you know and having a space that you can escape to because i think I mean, speaking for me, my a lot of my burnout in general has just been like a mix of everything. I don't think burnout has to look a certain way. It doesn't just have to be burnout in a job. It can be burnt out from your personal life as well. And I think it's just a combination of things where things just stack on top of each other and then you're trying to find your way out of that and it's really difficult so it's all like circumstantial at least for me where some days i'll have a really amazing day and things feel so good and i'm like oh well i'm refreshed for the next like three days like everything's gonna be really great um and then sometimes they just aren't and it could be things at my job it can be things in my personal life where the environment it could be like the weather it could be um things from the past it could be just thinking about the future oh my gosh yes like we talk about the future quite often i mean i talk about the future a lot with my friends and um being 25 now and trying to figure out like stages of our lives and things like that. So burnout is real. Um, Compassion fatigue is real. I feel that we've both been on that path. Um, Granted, we're still new in this position, but there's no time. There's no um, like timeline for when that can happen. And, and so sometimes we have really great days and sometimes we don't. And that's what I love about the podcast is that we can just be vulnerable and be honest because uh, this is the the real look into what it's like to work in human services and to work frontline is it's I mean, I'm pretty sure now after not after COVID, we're still in COVID, but uh, people really got a view of what burnout looks like and from fr- all frontline workers. But especially like within the field that we do, we hear a lot of really difficult stories and sometimes it's just hard to debrief them and it's hard to not like what we talked about last podcast not to take them home with you and you know granted that's all about boundaries and and doing the work um but sometimes we're just human actually all the time we're just human totally but- and sometimes it's hard to just to navigate the conversation or the topics or even to navigate how you're feeling um i know that some topics that we talk about i I have to process it for a day or two yeah. just to wrap my head around it and give myself space, but give the people around me space as well. Um, and honestly, that takes up a lot of energy um, to talk to people, to understand where they're coming from, to put yourself in their 
their shoes. Right. Um, it is hard. Yeah. It's, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day about, uh, compassion fatigue. And, you know, we hear that term a lot in, in social work and it's, it's exhausting. It's hard mentally and physically, um, because you, you care so deeply. Um, and it's impossible. Actually, let me find this quote that I found about compassion fatigue. I was like, I need to reflect on, I need to reflect on this and what this means to me. And so, um, this was a definition that I found that I was, I was like, this really speaks to my experience. And so it says, uh, compassion fatigue is the expectation that we can be immersed in suffering and loss daily and not be touched by it as unrealistic as expecting to be able to walk through water without getting wet. So if that puts it into perspective for people, um, that is, yeah, that is kind of what that feels like, you know, Mm. immersing yourself in people's everyday experiences and their trauma and their loss and not necessarily pretending, um, but existing in that space with them and holding that space with them and kind of having this expectation that, um, it's not supposed to affect us. Um, or at least like that is some, some consensus that I've heard is, you know, social workers are, we're, we're heroes and we're all of these things, but in reality, um, we're not, (laughs) we're not, we're human beings and we are flawed and imperfect people. And it is really difficult to do what both of us do some days. And it's impossible to not just go home and be like, I'm, I'm having a really difficult time. And I'm, I'm feeling the concept of burnout really really hard this time. And I think it also comes in waves. Um, just speaking from personal experience, some days are really great. And, um, even some weeks are really great. Yeah. Weeks, weeks are really great. And you're feeling that really great high of, um, I'm doing good work and that feels really great. But then other days it could just be one thing and Mm -hmm. I can feel myself going, um, not into like a spiral, but I could feel myself, um, I can feel myself struggling, um, to really acknowledge what's going on. Uh, but then it's all about, of course, spinning it on its head and and being like, Oh, well, when I need help, I'll reach out for help, that type of stuff. But sometimes it's not, it's not as easy as what we think it is to ask. No, I know that when I, um, need some time to myself just to, you know, collect my thoughts or just not have any other people's thoughts in my brain um i just i watch netflix i crochet blankets i color i you know i do stuff that makes me happy or just is doesn't take any energy yeah that sun tanning the best (laughs) i mean what sun we haven't had yeah that's true we haven't had sun in like two weeks it feels like because at this time We've had a lot of really heavy smoke, I yeah, guess. Yeah, because of the BC fires. The BC fires. And so Alberta has been just blah it's been lately. Smoky. And how crazy is also um, the seasonal, like where we are in the season and what the weather is happening affects our moods. Yes. So 
deeply. Yes. You know, some days I'll wake up and it's sunny and I'm like, hell yeah, this day is going to be bomb. Not like for no other reason, except for the fact that it's nice out. And so it puts me in a different mindset. Yes. Uh, but when it's smoky and the clouds feel really heavy and everything's kind of just dreary, dreary and fl- and like hanging over the air. I'm like, oh boy. I'm going to have to put in some extra like, work today. I'm going to need... Oh boy, I better get my coffee. Yeah, I'm going to need my uh, sad lamp. I don't actually have a sad lamp, but I have heard that they do. A um, sad lamp. Yeah. Oh, like the light, the light lamps, uh, the one that... Yeah. Um, yes, I have one of them. Do you? I do. When I was in grade eight, uh, I was going through a pretty hard time. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was at Costco and she was like, I have this lamp for you. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> She's like, well, I've noticed your mood has been changing because of um, the winter. And I was like, okay. So then every morning when I would like get ready, I would put it on Mm -hmm. um, and it'd only be like 15, 20 minutes. And it's blue light. It's like a blue light lamp. Blue light. Okay. I don't know. I don't know too much. I um, only knew of it because of Broad City and I'm a huge, a huge Broad City fan. Um, And so... If anyone knows what Broad City is, uh, let I us don't. know. I No? Okay, no. we'll have to watch it. It's literally hilarious. Okay. Um, but I saw it in an episode of Broad City, and it stands for Seasonal Affective Disorder. So, yeah, it's, it's real. It affects our moods, and maybe sometimes the ways that we interact with people, we may be a little bit... Like, when it's sunny out, um, moods change. You see all these really um, different behaviors that are going on, and then when it's like winter and it's sad looking and dreary granted i grew up in nova scotia there's lots of rain and and heavy fog a majority of the time but also so weird i know we should be like we'll, we'll talk about it but also alberta weather um it's always blue the sky's always blue here it's yes. so odd yes even in winter the sky is bright blue and I'm like, maybe I don't hate the, like, I don't hate it as much the winter Honestly, because the, the weather, blue. Yes, it's blue. It's, it's gorgeous blue though. It's it not, is. yeah. it's not like a blue <laughs> with a hint of a filter. It's oh, uh, <laughs> that's a moon. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. So for it to have, you know, the smokiness or when we have like, like large winters, large snowy winters, the sky is still blue right now. Uh, not right now, oh, but like, 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 in the, like in the winter when oh, there's yes. like heavy wind, like snowfalls, it is mm-hmm. still blue and it's beautiful. Or there are sunsets or sunrises. Oh, oh stunning. Gorgeous. Gorge. Sometimes just looking at the sky and I'm like, I cannot believe I get to look at this makes me happy. I love that for you. Thank you. <laughs> I Thank wanted you. to touch quickly on we were talking about burnout we're just talking about personal experience of burnout um for our listeners what are ways that you can take care of yourself with burnout obviously it's very individualized but what are ways that make you feel um whole or make you feel like recharging your battery yeah yeah how do you recharge your batteries when you're feeling the realness of burnout what do you do just for people who may be listening and maybe having those same experiences and they can maybe learn something from us or or take reflect something. just reflect yeah. on yourself too like totally. what do you like to do yeah what do you not like to do <laughs> um yes 
I will tell you, yesterday, my friend and I, we made lemon cupcakes at Betty Crawford once. Huh. I don't it, see any in the office today. That's oh my interesting. Gosh. <gasps> I was supposed <laughs> to bring some to you. Mm, there was Of course two. you were. I, there, I'm going to right, text right. you that when I get home. Okay, right, um, right. But there are two in my fridge I was supposed to bring to the office. I'm sorry. But no, that is um, so fair. You could bake, you know. That's baking. Baking. Yeah. I also probably should have prefaced this with burnout for people who don't know what burnout is. Maybe we could give you a quick. That's good. A quick rundown of maybe some symptoms or signs of burnout. Um, This might not be for everybody, but maybe these are just some some basic ones that you may be able to identify. Um, so maybe feeling tired, feeling tired and drained, um, a majority of the time, um, frequent illness I've heard, um, frequent headaches or muscle pain and change in appetite or sleep habits. Um, so those are some physical signs that you may be experiencing burnout. Um, emotional burnout looks a little bit different. Um, so feeling helpless, trapped, defeated, uh, detachment and feeling alone in the world, a loss of motivation, um, decreased satisfaction and sense of accomplishment. So those are really real. And this is something that you see a lot in the human services field. Um, also behavioral. This is one that I see quite often, um, is withdrawing from responsibilities. So like tasks might feel really daunting and really heavy, isolating yourself from others, procrastinating, taking longer to get things done, uh, taking out your frustrations on others, skipping work, coming in late or leaving early. So for those listening, maybe those are some things you're experiencing at your workplace. Maybe you're not, but I think it's important to put that information out there so you are able to identify those types of feelings and maybe move forward and address them because granted you could reach out to us. We're always open. We can put our contact information there. Um, Funny that we're talking about boundaries last episode, but Hey, that's, that's what we're here for is to educate and to have these conversations with you and with each other. So you said something about baking. So you like bake in order to kind of bring yourself back and to recharge yourself. Is that yeah? That some, correct? There's something about baking that is you accomplish something in a small amount of time, right? But makes yourself and other people happy. Oh yeah, right. Because like you yeah. give someone a cookie, you make them smile, but you also make yourself smile because it's a chocolate chip cookie, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I don't bake, so I um, or you give yourself a coffee, or you or you're drink you oh, get yourself a she's drink exposing me i'm sorry i uh shout out to starbucks we're not sponsored but shout out to starbucks and trenta strawberry coconut drink light ice i love you <laughs> <laughs> she gets it every time i do i do i love you uh, mom no i don't spend as much money on it as you may think i do so just plug yours <laughs> for future reference but dealing with burnout how do we deal with burnout? So some tools that we use or some things that um, I've heard and use out in the past um, is recognizing burnout. So recognize when you're having those experiences, being able to name them like, hey, I'm noticing that I'm coming in late and 
um, leaving early or I'm not feeling as productive or whatever it is, um, watch for those warning signs and also be able to recognize them in yourself and be like, this maybe isn't my normal routine. I should probably address this maybe a yeah, little bit check further in with yourself but yeah or have a conversation with someone totally. as well being like i am just not feeling myself lately i think i might be burning out uh because that's a huge step is being able to recognize it and then reach out and then look for um tools in order to um help 100%. yourself with that um so another one is reverse so undoing the damage by seeking support and managing stress. So again, reaching out for help and looking to your peers or your coworkers or your friends and your family and saying, I might be having a difficult time. I'd love to have a conversation about it. Granted, it might be easier said than done, um, but it feels great. It feels great to have someone acknowledge your experience. Totally. I know at the, so where I used to work a couple of years ago, um, as employers, we had to really look out for these signs for our employees. Mm. Um, I used to be a day camp coordinator. And so for our counselors, we would have to look at that, um, and wow. just notice if there's change in behavior or moods or, um, they're coming in late or leaving early or, um, they just weren't themselves. And so we told them, we're like, we understand burnout is real please talk to us. Um, yeah. There is no shame in telling us that you feel like you are giving too much of yourself. Um, oh, and so gosh. what could, what yes. can we do as an employer? Um, that's, am- that's amazing. There's, I mean, going into jobs that I know that we've had in the past as like youth and young adults, mm-hmm. um, the idea and the concept of not that space not being open to have that conversation with your employer, like the fear of being ridiculed or criticized or not feeling competent at your job or your totally. boss, um, the fear of your boss not feeling, or you putting that, basically putting that feeling out there by saying, I feel like my, bo- my boss by me going to them might not think I'm a competent employee. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to continue to burn out yeah. and I'm not going to be able um, to give my best self um, to myself or to the people that I serve. And that's just a complete disservice to both of us. Yeah, to I know who we serve and to ourselves. 100%. I know some people who believe like, um, I don't want to tell my employer because it makes me seem weak. And <sighs> I yeah. I think the complete opposite. I think it makes you stronger because you're so self-aware. Yeah. Um, and you know what you do need. Um, as a teacher, we experience burnout all the time. We have oh, to give absolutely. our 110% to the kids, to our peers, to our colleagues. And so when I was in my practicum, a lot of the time they told us, um, if you're experiencing burnout, let us know. Let us know what we can help you with. Wow. Um, and re- in return, if they were experiencing burnout, I would help them out. Um, and giving ourselves days that um were project days so instead of you know teaching on your feet all the time it was more of a you're still learning doing a project but i get to breathe for a second to catch up on the stuff that i need to do like marking emails yes yeah um administrative work so i if anyone's listening who's an employer an employee um and you are feeling burnout um please do talk to your employer if you are able to or someone that you're close to because um, this is real. Your feelings are totally valid. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel like this. 
Yeah, it is because it's the human. It's being a human being is struggle, but it's also just being really honest with yourself. And I've been in jobs in the past that I've felt some form of burnout and the fear of losing my job from just being honest about my burnout um, or mental health in general. um, They will definitely have longer conversations about mental health as a whole um, and in the workplace as well. But being honest about those feelings and then that fear that somehow you will have some sort of repercussion for being honest about your mental health is so scary. And then it starts this really vicious downward spiral where you're like, well, I don't want to lose my job. So I'm going to do 10 times more. So it looks like I'm not struggling, but really I'm struggling so extremely hard. And I don't know who to talk about it now because now it's just gotten out of hand. And, and then you feel lonely and then you feel alone. And yeah, then you, yeah. you think that no one's there for you. And then, Ugh. and then it just goes further and further into a really yeah. dark tunnel um, where the light used to be reachable. And then now it's not, not right. And, I feel really blessed now because I'm in a role where both of us are in a role in this job without loud that, um, you know, we're both community outreach workers and we work fairly independently, but also like collaboratively as a team here and our management system here that we have is phenomenal because it's totally. really open and honest conversation. It makes all of the difference. Uh, just in the sense that like I come into work and if it's a day where I feel like I'm struggling, I don't think twice about being able to come to you or coming to our executive director, Terry, and just being like, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I feel that I need to have a conversation about this. Would you be open to having this with me? And it's always well received and met with kindness. And that's not always been the case. And so if people are listening and they have that experience, um, just know it's hard. We hear you. Um, Reach out. Reach out to us. This is what we do for a job. Mm -hmm. Um, Reach out to us. Reach out to the loved ones in your life because I guarantee you, you're not the only one who's experiencing this type of burnout. Um, And talk to your employer. And if your employer is not well receiving of this message maybe this isn't the best place for you. I don't, I'm not sure the employer, maybe they need to check themselves and, and ask themselves why they are putting their employees at such a high standard um, and not giving them grace. For sure. Why do we have this, this conception that like management is this higher power that they're some like they are human. I keep saying human beings this episode. I've never said human beings this much in they my are human. Yeah, they're, they're human. They're not- We're all human and we all are imperfect beings. Yet we sometimes put our management on such a high pedestal that we couldn't possibly um ha- we couldn't possibly fathom that they would ever understand. Mm-hmm. And maybe also, while I'm reflecting on it now, is maybe giving them the grace that we just be honest with them. And if it's not well-received, um, that's okay. They clearly have some more learning to do, and that's also okay. Granted, I don't know if you want to be in the place to educate them or not, but you can be proud of yourself, I think, 
for speaking up for yourself and advocating for what you need in your workplace. And if that's not the workplace for you, um, that's okay too. hundred percent. You know? Of course, of course, with all these things, um, please do it with the, your safety in mind. Right. Um, of course. Of because course. I know that I am very lucky to be in a position where I can say all these things. Yes. Um, that is a really, really key part um, that I did not mention. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. We definitely have a safety aspect here where, um, wow, let me reflect on that. Actually, you and I are both queer individuals and we work for a 2S LGBTQ nonprofit. And so that is, there's a level of privilege that comes with that. Uh, Our foundation is based off of safe spaces. And I know there's yeah. some companies that don't. And I, um, I don't, it's not necessarily, I feel sorry, but I wish that your foundation was also based off of safe spaces because I believe that everyone deserves a safe space. Right. And, and I know that we're talking about um, burnout, but having a safe space in the work environment is so vital. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many things that can open for you or just for that company or that organization or uh, for it to grow and bloom. Because when it's not safe, you feel like you can't do anything. Right. I funny how we said we were probably going to talk about sex ed in this podcast or this episode. We probably won't get to it because this topic in itself is quite large um, yeah. of, of the concept of burnout. But also, um, I love that you brought up safe spaces because I'm not, I'm not sure if you and I have ever had the conversation about a safe space and my no. interpretation of a safe space um, is very different than yours. What's your definition of safe, safe space? Mm, that's a, that is a, I've never really been asked that question because usually I'm the one asking people that question as well. So it's funny that you're asking me, um, I would on the spot. Yeah, for real. I would say that my definition of a safe space is a space where I'm able to be 100% authentic and in a space where it's disclosed that if I'm uncomfortable with the conversation that I'm free to leave mm. because my friends and I've had these conversations and I've done presentations, uh, and education on this as well of the definition of a safe space is yours only to define. And that might, that might not be true. That is a definition that I use strictly for me. And I know a lot of agencies rally around this concept of I'm using air quotes, safe space. But when we talk about safe spaces, that's actually not always guaranteed. We cannot always yes. guarantee a safe space for all of our individuals. Even in this program, I do my very best to let everyone know that this is a space where you are free to be you. There's no doubt about it. You come and you be yourself and you're always well-received and you are always expe expected to um, be respectful and kind and gracious with other individuals as well, because you have no idea where other people are at, um, like either in their coming out experience, um, or in their identity, you have no idea. And so I always say it's yours to define. And I can't, I can't keep, I can't make that guarantee to everybody that I can keep everyone in that space safe. And that's really unfair of me to make that comment and make that promise to our youth that I could. It's kind of the same right? point as saying, um, I can't make anyone feel anything. 
yeah, I can't promise you that someone will make a, will make a comment and that I'm going to be able to navigate that conversation or have, or make you feel a certain type of way about that comment because that space is, it's everyone's space. So I cannot guarantee that there won't be conversations that come up that won't, um, I use the word trigger very, um, loosely, not loosely, but I walk a fine line Mm -hmm. because, uh, that definition looks different for everyone. And so I can't make that promise to our youth. And I do let them know that this is an area where respect is given and it is expected. And I cannot make that promise to all of you, but I will absolutely do my best Um, to navigate those conversations in ways that feel the best for everybody. And if it doesn't feel great for you, or if you feel unsafe for any reason, come to me Mm -hmm. or I usually like we both do. We will give our youth a lot of options being like, if you, if you're having any sorts of feelings about this situation, that is okay. If you are leaving the space, please just give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down because Kayla and I are always both at the meetings. And so one of us is either able to continue to facilitate the meeting or um, one of us can go off and have a conversation with that youth because it's not guaranteed. Safety isn't always guaranteed, but... But we try really hard to to make the space base of a foundation mm-hmm. um you come in and we we hope that we always have respect for each other and yeah. if, if we're not we call it out right away mm-hmm. um oh we, for sure we had that conversation not too long ago with our youth where we opened up the space and we said this floor this space is yours to use and to talk about and let's have conversations about whatever you want and the youth were always of course phenomenal at navigating these conversations because they said well i'm uncomfortable with talking about um sa or i'm i don't really want to talk about um things that may be triggering for me and that's really important that we all respect those boundaries and people's experiences and they are always so gracious with each other uh and allow each other to just hold that space and so Mm -hmm. we've like knock on wood we haven't had an issue um when we're talking about safe spaces but we have had youth who are really upfront and honest and other youth hear those conversations and say i I might need to take some space i might not have been ready to hear that or have that conversation or be a part of that conversation but they'll give us a thumbs up and then we know that in that case that they're letting us know that they're safe and, and i trust them and i believe them in that Uh, But then, of course, we always do a follow up and and check in. So I'm not sure how people's definitions of safe spaces. What what is yours? I hope mine kind of made sense. But again, that's only that's only my definition of of a safe space. Um, my definition of safe space, I'll talk about actually personally and professionally. Sure. Um, personally, it's more of a feeling. Um, when I go into a room and. I feel welcomed and included and I feel like what I say is going to be heard and validated um, and it's not going to be shunned. Yeah. That's when I feel like I'm in a safe space. Um, it's when the, I guess, the auras in the room are warm. Sure. Instead of cold. I'm a very like aura type of person. Yeah, for sure you if, are. Yeah. If I, if I see a person and um, I can sense if they're cold. Mm-hmm. 
Um, or if I sense a person, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're such a bubbly human being. Like I mm-hmm. feel safe with you. Yeah. And I and I yeah. use that word, I guess, like loosely safe because um, maybe not loosely, but like in air quotes, just because some people you don't really know, but they feel safe. Yeah, I think it's absolutely a feeling when you know that what you will say is going to be well received and it will be um when you feel heard yeah or yeah for um, sure when i feel respected or i just feel validated that's when i feel um the most safe personally professionally i say spaces when i can give um the youth or whoever i'm with the space to feel heard to feel seen Mm -hmm. to to know that they're wanted and important um to know that what they're feeling is okay and what they don't know is also okay and yeah. that they, yes <laughs> their, 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 their experiences aren't that different they're not gonna be alone um when they can sit there and do absolutely nothing with me in the room and that is productive yeah that's oh what gosh, I, that's yes. what icsa space is yeah um because you know i the world can be cruel mm-hmm. and if i can provide a space that they can feel at peace or calm or just take a beat for the world right then i feel like i have given them something to hold on to for sure i sat in on a lecture um and a training one of our profs at McEwen, uh, shout out McEwen. Um, she's an absolutely amazing facilitator and educator. And she came to us and was talking about the concept of safe spaces. And she had that same outlook where she basically was like, I don't necessarily believe in the concept of a safe space, especially because I feel that people use them in the wrong terms. Like businesses claim to be safe, but how can you actually claim that every single employee in that space um, does not have some type of either homophobic tendencies or are internally homophobic? Like we we have actually no idea what goes on in people's heads. And so uh, one thing that I took from her from her lecture was, She said, instead of claiming your business to be a safe space, why don't we claim it to be um, like the individuals themselves can claim that they are safe people. They take training um, and they... Oh, that's awesome. Right? It, It really resonated with me because I was really starting to deconstruct the idea of a safe space. You hear a lot of businesses being... Oh, we're a safe space, but what does that actually mean? And so even to our listeners, I, I really invite you to sit on that concept of what a safe space means to you because it is truly different for all of us and we all need different things to feel safe. So how can we truly guarantee that we will be safe um, in any space if we're not, mm-hmm. if we're also not expressing what we need in those, I, in those I spaces guess as some, well? There's some places where I feel um there's safe people i can go to that's but, the point and then I, yeah. don't, I don't know if i necessarily would think that the whole company organization is a safe space have right. you ever heard of the term brave space hold up wait wait this is weird because i was going to ask you if you've ever heard of the term brave space because 
flame. Twin flame. Yeah, that's really weird. Shout out to Nat, my bestie Nat. Um, she is absolutely brilliant and she brought forward that concept to me of a brave space and it truly resonated with me. So I was, I was thinking of bringing it up as well, but hey, you take the floor. You give your definition on what a brave space is because that's phenomenal. I'm, I'm so happy that we can connect like that. Yeah. What, the first time I heard about Brave Space was actually last summer um, during... So I used to work for the Tim Hortons Foundation for um, the ECAPs. And Shout out vanilla dip donuts. Oh yeah, I love with you. The, with, the, <laughs> with the sprinkles on top, of course. Um, and Tim Hortons was talking about the difference between a safe space and a brave space. Wow, um, that's really forward thinking of Tim Hortons. I had I know. no idea. I didn't know either until are the training. A, are they an, like a decent ally to the yes. community? Or yes, we always we our training was that um, we did not call people by um, ladies and gentlemen or oh, boys right. and girls. Yeah, it's very much like folks. Yeah. Um, students, campers, um, whenever there was like different pronouns, especially on Zoom, uh, we right. asked if they were comfortable for their pronouns. Um, we didn't make it a big deal if it was they, them, it, um, she, her, he, he him, um, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we celebrate who they are as individuals um, and that we told them some, especially in uh e-camp setting because they're on zoom we can't necessarily tell them it's they're they're in a safe space but we yeah. can tell them that they are brave for for talking to us about the things that they're experiencing over the internet right over zoom over mm-hmm. google meets um and so for us we told them you are brave to talk to us about this but i don't think i necessarily know the definition of brave spaces yeah my definition of a brave space is very different from that totally um but that's okay because it's good that we have these conversations about it because my definition of a brave space and the definition that i've heard from other people as well is kind of like I made sure I just Googled it really quickly for like keywords because I didn't want no, 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 that's awesome. to get it wrong per se mm-hmm. or not get it wrong. But um, I wanted to make sure that I was portraying exactly what I needed to say accurately um, or what felt right for me. And so it's basically my definition of a brave space would be encouraging people to speak honestly and critically about their own experiences Mm. and in turn that kind of leads to mutual learning if that makes yes if that makes sense so maybe it's kind of like the same type of concept it's kind of the same concept right um i may have not defined it as concisely but yes it's it's i mean hey i still had to google some keywords that that i needed to portray it as accurately as i as i needed it to but yeah, with Brave Space, it's mutual learning. I think that that's the type of the key concept that it's trying to get across is like with safe spaces, you know, the the idea of space, safe spaces is that, oh, you always enter this space and you will always feel safe, but that's not actually the case. No. Um, and so it's deconstructing those ideas of what we have of safe space and actually using maybe the term brave space. And so thank you, Nat, as always, for um, helping me learn that and deconstruct my idea of what a safe space is so that people are, are kind of inherently learning all of the time 
from each other and from us and them to us as well. Because like I said, last podcast is that us as queer individuals, we do not have all of the answers. We don't speak for all queer people. We only speak for ourselves, ourselves and our experiences and, and especially the people that we will have on the podcast will have very different experiences. I would also like to point out too, that brace space, um, really signifies that we're all lifelong learners and that heck yes we are and like we're always learning and we're always um understanding who we are and what the world is trying to offer but what other people are trying to Mm -hmm. offer to us and how what we're trying to offer to them um and so having these honest conversations but also being an an authentic honest self Mm -hmm is so important and i i truly hope that everyone gets the opportunity to feel that yeah we love emotional literacy we do (laughs) we love being able to emotional literacy (laughs) oh my god gosh we could talk about that i know i'm like this we've been this is what we do we we are always like maybe we'll just have like quick conversations about things and then we never do we never do we never do this episode is 45 minutes of us um ranting and educating each other on things that we might not have known and hey that's what we're we're here to do so so i really (laughs) encourage you to think about um what you're Ooh. if you're ever feeling burnt out what what you could do for yourself um if your organization or if your home or um if you have a safe space that you can go to mm-hmm. or what your definition of it is and do you agree that a brave space and a safe space is different the same the overlap because i don't think there's a definitive answer yeah i'd say let's leave it on that let's leave on Reflection. I say this is how we leave every episode. Let's leave a question for people to reflect on. Let's say, what is your definition of a safe space? What do agencies need to bring to you in order for you to feel safety? Um, And what are ways that you can support yourself in your learning for burnout? How can you address your burnout? And how can we grow from our burnout as well? So on that note... Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night. <laughs> Have a wonderful 2 a.m. If you are listening at listening to this in the middle of the night. As always, please follow us on Instagram at Inquiries Podcast. Um, we will be posting or releasing an episode every week. And we're still deciding what day that we're going to release <laughs> Clearly, it. Clearly, um, yeah. Because it's kind of sporadic at the moment. We also um, work full time in our yes. positions with Out Loud anyway so we have our day-to-day task on top of um loving and doing this podcast so bear with us we'll get these episodes out we're figuring it out be gentle be gentle with us please be kind love yourself and we will see you next time have a good week